we have a we have a bustling uh, bustling street of activity here on uh, St. Paul today. Yeah, I you didn't you didn't park my you didn't park my car down there, did you? Where they're digging the the street up down see down here you didn't you you didn't park it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh, hey, I gotta go. Welcome to season three, episode, I think we've established uh, 44 of uh, Niagara 411 No, it's 44. 45, okay, it's 45. It is 45. Kevin and I, well, Kevin was away for a little while, uh, had some family things to take care of, so we don't count so well. We don't talk good, okay? So anyway. Season four, uh, episode 45, season three of Niagara 411 Live with Lee Sterry, fueled by Gales Gas Bars, powered by WeStream, supported by Verge Insurance Group. Uh, thank you everybody for supporting us. And this is one of the greatest, dullest days we've had in Niagara. But we're going into, a, a, we're moving from here to a better place, into Fiddler's Poorhouse here at 149 St. Paul Street as uh, we get things all decorated for Christmas. Uh, so, uh, Come on in. We've got a lot uh, got a lot going on today. There is one lingering mystery here in Niagara, and it involves a dog that was found by a woman and her dog out late one night earlier this week, and uh, the mystery has yet to be solved. We're going to be uh, exploring the details of that mystery on the program today in just a few minutes. Also, uh, Christmas season, all the, all the wonderful people that do great charity work uh, come out of the woodwork. We're going to be talking about some of those people. Uh, and in connection with the dog, uh, no, I'm not going to tell you any more about the dog. We'll explore the dog very soon. Um, Kevin Jack uh, of WeStream is going to be joining us. Tell us about his exploits. Grimsby had a great uh, Santa Claus parade. All kinds of things going on uh, here. And we'll be back in uh, 30 seconds. Come on in. set gosh it's been uh it's been two weeks since we've i lost a button i got to do the button must must look presentable at all times get rid of those uh welcome here we are again i've missed you two weeks goes by uh, kevin and uh i don't know what to do with myself i go through niagara 411 live uh, like withdrawal <laughs> It's good to be back, Lee, and lots to uh, lots to get to today. I'm really oh. interested in the uh, the dog mystery of oh, the Niagara the dog, Parkway. I mean, the, the dog mystery. That's been on my brain ever since they came across that pup, like almost a week ago, like last Thursday, Friday. Yeah. It's a weird story. Yeah, it's it's an intriguing story, and depending on where it goes, you might actually be seeing it at some point in time uh, down the road on uh, like a W five or a Fifth Estate or a Dateline or. Something like that. I don't know. But for now, you're going to have to put up with us on, uh, yes, we've established episode 45 <laughs> of, uh, of, season, of season 
Three, um, Kevin, WeStream has been busy. You've had personal stuff going on, so that's kept you going. Uh, and uh, I'm glad everything is okay on that front. And uh, the, the Grimsby, the Grimsby parade uh, was a was a big success for WeStream. Just a prime example of what you guys do so well. Yeah, absolutely. We were able to uh, stream the Grimsby Santa Claus parade yeah. on um, on Saturday evening. Grimsby has been hiring WeStream since 2018 to stream their Santa Claus parades. So and, they would uh, have been one of your first. Absolutely. And I think every municipality should be live streaming their parade. It makes it so accessible. It was so nice to see in the comments from a lady named Anne Marie. Okay. And she just commented to the effect that um, it's so nice that you broadcast for us seniors. It's difficult for seniors to get down there on a cold winter's evening. She said, my husband, I think it was her late husband, yeah. used to be part of Gamru, which was one of the floats that was in there, and said, thank you very much. So it's for seniors uh, just like her that, uh, yeah. that that justify parades being live streamed. And, of course, we got a recording of it. We'll get into that later on in the show. Yeah, we but, will. Uh, but and, uh, it was uh, really fun seeing Gamru is a great organization. I, I want to have them on at some point in time. It's the Grimsby Auxiliary Marine Rescue uh, unit. That's what GAMRU stands for. And um, I know some of the people that are, um, that are part of that. They're all volunteers. Uh, they do wonderful work uh, in uh, rescuing and assisting people that are in trouble on the lake system here. So uh, yeah, we'll have them on sometime, Kevin. Um, so we have two guests in conjunction with the, the canine caper coming up and i don't want to make light of it because th there may very well be a serious side of this story that we're not aware of and that really is the mystery uh georgia culp is going to be joining us in just a few minutes she was walking her own dog uh in the niagara parkway and portage road area now i want to find I, I want to talk to george about exactly where that area is because i can't i can't picture it in in my little brain here but we'll get her to, to kind of zero in on that for us when we chat with her uh, there's pictures of of the little critter there now when I first saw the dog it looked to me like there was an injury issue it may have just been the light I don't I don't know but um, the dog's okay uh, he it, it was a male dog I think it was wearing um, uh, um, a vest, like a, a vest that you would attach a leash to. However, there was no leash and there was no owner in the area and the dog seemed to be acting in an agitated state. That's what we know. George is going to give, is going to give us the details of what her experience was uh, back on, uh, it was very early in the morning, just after midnight on December the 2nd. So it was like Thursday night into fri very early Friday morning that th this discovery was made. Uh, authorities were called, etc. Well, like I said, we'll have Georgia tell us because I don't know all the details and that's why George is going to be here. Uh, but also, we will bring on um, Kevin Struband. He's the executive director of the Lincoln County Humane Society and that is where the dog is currently residing. As far as I know, as far as we know, we have not yet found the owner. And that is kind of the serious side of what might be the serious side of the story. We don't know. 
So that's uh, so George is going to join us uh, well any minute now. Uh, coming up at 12:40 today, or in that general area, uh, Brad and Braden um, Sapui, uh, father and son, and for the last uh, number of years they've been operating. There it is. It's the Joymaker truck that has now they will remind me of uh, how many lights are on that truck and of course they raise money all every year for pelham cares and uh brayden by the way uh, son of brad was uh was just honored with having received the ontario volunteer award and that is just that is just way, way cool. So we're going to have Brad and Braden coming on at about 12.40 today. And uh, a relatively new song, like I think only three weeks ago, this song was released from uh, a band from Niagara called James Blonde. The song is called Back to Life. And uh, if any of you are aware of those folks or are friends or family of James Blonde, then uh, join us for the end of the program, which is 125-ish, 130-ish, and, uh, and you'll have a chance to see their new song and their new video. Kevin, Jack, welcome to the program. Glad to have you in. Yeah, and I'm, I really want to get to the bottom of this dog mystery and find out how it came to be because all of us are intrigued in the story, but there's so many holes. Um, so, I mean, we're just doing it chronologically, and the first person to speak to is the one that actually yeah. found the pooch, and that's uh, Georgia Culp, and I'll bring her on the show. She uh, joins us now. Georgia, hi, how are you? Hello. Hello. <laughs> Uh, do, you, do you have a dog there with you? Yeah. Oh, who's that? <laughs> who's that? That's my puppy. That's Coraline. Cor Cora who? Coraline. Coraline. Now, where yeah, did that after name... the movie. Hey, okay. I knew I'd heard the word before, but I could not remember uh, where. Okay, Georgia, let's go back to uh, Thursday night, Friday morning. First of all, you're out walking Coraline, right? Well, actually, um, I had seen the post on Niagara 411. Ah, okay. And so tell us, tell I, us, yeah, walk us through your experience from the time you saw the post to what happened. You just walk us through. Tell us the story. So I saw the post and I looked at the comments and someone had just seen the dog like an hour previously because I didn't see the post until like 11 o'clock at night. Um, and he sent me a screenshot of where he last saw the dog, and it was right by the border, actually, like the border crossing. Oh, okay. Um, that trail down there. Uh, so I drove all the way over there. I live in Niagara Falls. Yeah. And I brought my dog with me because she's helped me catch two dogs so, so far. Right. One of them was my mom's dog, who ran out the front door, and another was my neighbor's dog, okay. who ran out the backyard. Okay. And she's really good at scent tracking, so I had her, um, we had found some of his poop, and so I had her track that scent okay. to find the dog, and she led us right down to um, where they'd been seeing him. Wow. And that's where they had, they, uh, the Humane Society had put a 
like a kettle there or a crate, whatever you call it. Yeah. Um, with some like dog food inside to try and catch him, and he was laying right next to it. Really. And as soon as I saw him, like I couldn't see him at first because it was really dark. Um, as soon as I saw him, uh, I handed I had my friend with me. I handed Coraline to him. Yeah. And the dog, he just ran right up to us. And he was trying to love on Coraline, and then he rolled on his back for belly rubs. Okay. And then I was able to take the leash off of my dog and put it on him, and I had brought an extra leash for her. Now, there was part of the story or some of the comments, because there were many comments, and that's why we got you here, so that you can sort this stuff out for us, mm -hmm. uh, that the dog was behaving in kind of an agitated manner, like... Uh, like he was, uh, like he was upset about something, or looking for his owner, maybe, or something. By the time, by the time that I had got there, uh, he was just basically sleeping right next to the crate. Okay. And by then he was like, I don't know, so really he was friendly. He was, he was pretty calm, in other words. Yeah. Um, okay. But with the um, officers, he was a bit like put off by them it could be the fact that they were in uniform i'm not sure yeah that, that can upset they also have dogs. male dogs now who called the officers you yeah you call 911 uh i called the uh like hot the like police line okay um, yeah the 4888 or whatever yeah and yeah. they transferred me over to the parks police um, yeah of course they would yeah yeah and then the parks police came out pretty quickly. Okay. And now the, the one dog... officer... Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Uh, the one officer that came hadn't dealt with the dog all day, but then the two officers that had been, you know, trying to catch the dog all day showed up, and they were really excited that he'd been caught. <laughs> I'll bet since it, it's probably been almost their entire tour. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, one of the pictures that was posted, I don't know whether you posted it, or so, I, I'm assuming it was you. Um, yeah. There was a reddish spot, looked like the dog was injured, or that was, was, that, was that, that just the light? That was from the, the light? taillight. Yeah, that was from the, like, the brake lights of the police car. Oh, okay. So the dog wasn't yeah. injured? No, uh, he was limping a little bit, but that was mainly, um, so with dog's paws, their paw pads can get scraped up really easily if yeah, they haven't no, run yeah. around a lot on rough terrain. Right. Um, like Coraline's done it before, like she'll slide across concrete and she'll scratch up her paw pads. Um, so that's basically what he had done was he scratched up his paw pads and he was limping a bit. But other than that, he was so he could not have, any injuries. So he could have, by the sounds of it, come quite a distance to get to that spot. Yeah. Um, okay. Now... And and I'm then did the did the parks police take the dog or did they then call the humane society? They called the humane society, but I couldn't stay and wait for the humane society because yeah. I had to drive my friend home. Uh, well, of course, it's late. I mean, that yeah, was, it was around two a.m. by the time I left. I was going to say that's not not too many people would be normally out uh, with their dogs uh, walking at that time. So. Uh, that explains that question because you went there on yeah. you went there on purpose, uh, yeah. and good for you. I mean, not yeah, I, I, 
I knew that Coraline would be able to entice him to come with us. Wow, that was, uh, that's awesome. Now, to your knowledge, we're going to talk with Kevin Struband, Executive Director of the Humane Society, uh, in just a few minutes. Uh, but, uh, so there was nobody around that looked like they owned this dog. No, um, all he was wearing was the harness, and there was no leash or anything like that and no, attached. And no, no tag? No tags, no, uh, I saw that he had no microchip. Um, he wasn't fixed, so, and he was like severely matted. So, with dogs like that breed, I know a bit about the breeds. Um, you know a bit about dogs in general, I'd say. Yeah. <laughs> um, they need to be brushed every day and groomed regularly, yeah. like trimmings and stuff like that. And he looked like he hadn't been taken care of in a while. Well, I know I, I, he did look kind of matted and 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 curly yeah. and uh, like some sort of a terrier. Do you know what breed he, breed he is? I'm thinking he looks a bit like a doodle breed, some oh, okay. type of doodle breed mix. Okay. Um, just because of the fur. Yeah. So so he and looked how a, big he is. He looked a bit like kind of one of the hypoallergenic dogs. Yeah. Uh, How big? Just like, it's it's hard to tell from the picture. How big was he? Is he? Um, well, with the fur, he was pretty big. <laughs> um, uh, he was he was sitting in my lap while we waited for the police. He was around seventy pounds, sixty, seventy. Oh, so he's a, he's a good sized dog then. Yeah, he's a pre pretty big dog. He's he's bigger than my dog. Okay. Wow, um, Georgia, that's, it's amazing on so many levels. A, you taking the, the time and trouble to find out where this was happening and to go out at that time of night. Uh, point B, you had a friend that's close enough to you that's gonna go with you, because I know a lot of people would say, come with it. What, are you kidding? I'm not going out tonight. Well, but he said it first, and then I'm like, well, I really I really think I can catch this dog. And he's like, he's uh, like, okay, if we can do it quickly, then. And then, of course, the second hero of the of the tale is, is Coraline for being able to track this pooch down. Yeah. She led me right down to him. I didn't even see him. She smelled him. That is, that is truly... Dogs have an incredible sense of of smell they have sense senses of smell i didn't realize this but did you uh, dogs can actually breathe separately through each nostril so they can they can process stuff that's coming in here and process yeah. stuff that's coming in here and they can separate the two it's amazing yeah i was um planning on taking Coraline for a uh, scent detection training to actually be trained as a service dog yeah well, she'd probably um, she'd probably be perfect for it. What now? What breed is she? She looks a little bit. She looks a little she, bit like a border collie type breed. Yes, she is fifty percent border collie. Her dad is a border collie, and then her mom is actually a mix of Staffordshire Terrier, Alaskan Malamute, German Shepherd, Boxer, Slowey, and Shih Tzu. And there's wow. two others that I can't remember. So what'd you have? What, did you have a DNA test, a genealogy thing done, or how'd you um, figure that out? Her breeder had a DNA testing done on the mom, oh. and also the dad. Okay, because our dog, 
my my dog is a border collie mix as well. Yeah. S same kind of head. Okay, we're gonna go, uh, Georgia Culp. Okay. Thank you very thank you very much uh, for clearing up a couple of the questions for us. And uh, Coraline, you're a star. Uh, both of you are stars. Thank you for being here, and uh, thank you for doing what you did. It was great. Thank you. You're welcome. Take care. You as well. Thank you. Uh, okay, so now we've got the area pinned down. As if you're, if you're driving to, like, say, from St. Catharines, and you're heading to the border at Queenston-Lewiston, you, you head down, what, the 405? And then, uh, is that what it is, the 405 to where the Stanley Avenue cuts off? So it was down in that area somewhere where Portage would meet the Niagara Parkway, right near the border. Okay, now we've got it. Fascinating story. Kevin Strubend. Uh, I haven't talked with Kevin in a while. I used to talk with him quite often uh, in another life, <laughs> but uh, he's still, he's still uh, in his life. Kevin, uh, Executive Director of the Lincoln County Humane Society. Uh, Kevin, it's nice to see you again. How are you? We don't have audio on you yet, buddy. How about now? We got you now. Excellent. How are good you? Good to Kevin? see you. I'm good. It's been uh, a while. It has been a while. It's a pleasure to pleasure to speak with you today. Thanks for taking uh, time out of what is uh, a crazy world for you. Anytime you're dealing with animals, uh, uh, no two days are alike. I'm sure. You're absolutely right. <laughs> and and then we have a mystery like this. So, uh, tell us when the Humane Society entered the picture and what's been happening with this animal since. Well, we picked up the dog Friday morning about 3 a.m., so quite early, uh, as I understand, a resident had caught the dog. We went out because there was some difficulty in catching him. Very scared, right? You can imagine this dog was pretty skittish yeah. because it was scared. So we went out, caught the dog, brought it back to the shelter, and just housed him overnight, and he was fine. And the next morning, he was checked out. Again, a little skittish. Um, of course, everybody started calling us. We've been working with Niagara Parks Police to figure out, you know, any details we can find out on him. And they're pretty limited. They're, they're few and far between. I can tell you the dog's about a year old. Um, we've since had the dog totally groomed and took care of the major flea problem that it had. And okay. from dermatitis, as a result of that, so the dog's looking much better. I'm not sure if you've seen pictures, but it's yeah, worth seeing. Yeah. Good, because that's that's important for people to know what it looked like before. Because maybe they think, oh, that's the dog next door, or whatever. Yeah, we haven't seen we haven't seen pictures since he's been groomed by your people. We only saw the pictures from the young lady who found the dog. Well, her dog, and her found the dog uh, late that night and you two didn't meet because she left and once the parks police had taken possession of the animal and waited waited for you guys to show up so we haven't seen the the new uh, new and improved version yet I to share them and I will share them with you because they're they're pretty compelling you know it looks like mr. Muggs almost in the first shot but the next shot it's a it's quite a slender handsome dog but uh yeah a little lanky and you know you don't get a good look when we send those photos over so it looked uh then like this dog had been uh on the on the loose for a while it's not it, it wasn't like he just broke the leash an hour ago or something 
Well, you know, it, I'm not so sure because there are a couple of factors. So one, when we get a dog that's been running for a long time, chances are we're going to have received a call at, at some time in the past to say, there's a dog here, we've maybe tried to get it and just couldn't catch it. Okay. But that didn't happen. We don't have records of that. However, you know, in my experience as well, we've picked up dogs that have been recently loose or maybe somebody's passed away or they've been removed by a protection officer. Right. And they might bear some of the conditions that we found on this dog with being, you know, moving of grooming, uh, lots of fleas, things like that. So huh. it could go either way. And, and yet it was wearing a harness as, as well. So, yes. but, so no, perhaps but no tag. This is, this is a, a fine example of why it really does pay to pay for a dog tag. Yeah, and a microchip, right? And, and if, a microchip, if there was yeah. A, yeah, let's say the collar fell off, the microchip's not gonna fall off, and we scan every animal that comes in here to find out if there's a chip so that we can get them back to their owner. And let's say it's even a situation where the dog was tied up at its residence, that it chewed through the, the leash, or maybe it broke and finally came free. The peculiar thing was, which I think prompted the police, was he was kind of hanging around this one area, and that's why they scoured the landscape to see if anything was going on. Okay, because they, they thought perhaps the owner of the dog was in distress somewhere. Yes, and I think that's why they took it so seriously, because, you know, what if, right? They need to pay attention to that. So I'm glad they did. And, you know, it, it, I guess ultimately it ended up being good for the dog because now he's in our care and he's doing quite well. And there were... Um there were even emergency helicopter surveillance uh, up in the air, right? That's what I understand. You know, if you're familiar with a, a pretty much any area on the bank, it can be quite steep and treacherous. Oh, that's for sure. So, you know, seriously. Yeah. Well, um, it really is. Now, have you, have you had anyone come forward claiming the dog or um, saying it's, uh, I know who owns it or anything like that? You know, if we did, I'd tell you to call the parks police, but because we haven't, I can share that we haven't. So we're still looking, and that's why hopefully the new pictures that came out yesterday okay. will help somebody say, I know who that dog is, and we'll refer them over to the parks police to complete their investigation. So now, did you post them on the, on the Humane Society site? Where did you post these? Is that uh, it They haven't right there? been put on is, is the, is they're, that... they're on the... Okay, Kevin, sorry. I haven't seen I it, but they're on... No worries. Yeah. Yeah, I put up one that was uh, associated with the uh, the media release where it looks like he's standing in front of a, a wooded area, but he's posed for the photo in daylight. Would that be the most recent photo? Is that is that what you're referring to, Kevin? No, he'd be the one. He's totally shaved down now, and I know local media picked it up, um, but we haven't released it widely, so I'm happy to right. share it with you, and you can share that. Yeah, yeah, by all means uh, do that, because the, the picture that we're looking at right now, you can't see it, but the picture that we're looking at right now it was in, in the media release. He's still very shaggy. Good, si good size dog, actually. Yes. Uh, and you'd be surprised at how much now. I'm sorry? You'd be surprised at how much smaller he is now. Just, <laughs> he's a lot more slack. Yeah, I'll bet. Uh, so what is the... What is the longer, medium to longer term policy with the Humane Society in a situation like this? this uh, the dog is a stray. He was obviously um, somebody's pet. And who knows how long he's been running around. And now, now you got him. And how do, how do you deal with this uh, going forward? 
Well, and that's a great question because you know there might be a lot of uncertainty in the community. So what happens is we work in this case with the police if we find any leads. Ultimately, we want to find who the owner is, and of course, there are questions of that person, whoever it is, to yeah. find out a little more about the dog, see if they want it, see, you know, find out the circumstances, find out really the story, the dog story, and then presuming that we don't hear from the person, and we never do, the police might say, you know, you're you're welcome to release the dog. It falls under legislation for how long we have to keep it, which is only three days. That has expired, but then we keep it when the discussion's done with the police, we can put the dog up for adoption. And this is definitely a candidate. So again, a little skittish, a uh, little snippy, but it's not a problem. You know, my director of operations had it out on the front lawn, giving it treats so and treats. So I think he's going to be fine. He will find a home if he doesn't get the claim. We had the young lady uh, and her dog, actually, on just before you joined us. Georgia Culp is her name. And uh, her dog is a pretty good uh, tracker-style dog, so they found uh, this this stray, and she said that uh, when they showed up and showed the dog some attention, that uh, uh, he rolled over for belly rubs and all kinds of things. So I guess he must have felt comfortable in that situation. So he seems like a he, he seems like a nice dog that was just scared. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I would definitely agree with that. I, and we're not going to have a problem. You know, I think many people have seen this story and they're probably falling in love with them right now. And when you see him <laughs> shaved, it'll be a different person that falls in love with them. And um, you want to be also careful that he is not returned to a situation in which he might not have been treated properly. True. And, you know, that, that might be good where the police are involved here because as just a huge Humane society, we can't, we don't have that authority anymore to deny somebody their dog. Yeah. But if there are any kinds of allegations that need to be investigated, well, then the police can do that. Or in other cases, it would be the provincial animal welfare service inspectors who would do that. Okay, so we'll, we'll make sure that we post the, the uh, new and improved uh, pictures uh, yes. of, of this dog. And um, Kevin, while I have you, and it has been so long since you and I have chatted, um, any message on behalf of the Humane Society here in, uh, well, Lincoln County and all Niagara in general that, um, that we can pass along while you're here? How are things going? What's the, uh, how, how can we help? What's, uh, what are your priorities right now? Well, you know, it's funny. Usually around this time of year, November, sometimes October, and definitely in December, we usually don't have any cats. Well, I can tell you right now, every cage is full so oh. we are just asking for people if they're interested in adopting a cat come on in and we will find you one that's perfect for you you can take it home and it's one more cat that goes out into the community so we're not going to do anything else but find these cats forever homes but we're just encouraging people to come and look for them okay um, Kevin, did you have something that you wanted to uh, weigh in on here or no? I'll just throw it this way to you, Kevin. Um, for families heading into the holiday seasons, and I don't know what the right answer is, but you're the guy to talk to. Um, if you're thinking about introducing an animal to the household, is this a good time of year? Is this a poor time of year? And why? <laughs> I was going to go there myself. Good question. <laughs> Definitely both. So that's a really good question because you know if you're if you're like oh my poor aunt she's lonely and we need to get her a dog let's buy her a dog and give it to her don't do that give her a gift certificate and then she can decide if she actually wants to go through with that. Yeah. But if you're a really family wanting a new pet you think we're off for two weeks is that the best idea to bring the dog into chaos 
or cat, whatever it is, into the chaos of your home during Christmas, <laughs> or you say, hey, you know what, family? You're going to get a dog in the new year. Yeah. So if you're a quiet and you've decided this, that two-week gap from school might be a perfect time to bring a new pet into your family. So a multifaceted answer. Okay. It's like buying a kid a bunny for Easter. You just don't. You just don't do you that. Don't. <laughs> Correct. All right. Um, a good, um, good conversation, uh, though, Kevin. H- how much does it cost to uh, adopt a cat? So, cat is uh, ninety-nine dollars for a cat, or one hundred and fifty for a kitten, and they come spayed or neutered, rabies vaccine if they're over three months, um, and they get a, the full range of shots and a microchip. So, basically, you're getting. Wow. All of those things for a reduced rate in the cat for free because we're supplementing the cost to make sure we find these cats a home. Yeah, you, you pay for the medical care and you throw in a cat. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> All right. Uh, and, and God bless them. We've had cats our, uh, um, ever since I can, I can remember. So um, they're lovely creatures. Uh, and and I, hope you, I hope we deplete your population uh, pretty quickly. That would be great. Uh, Fingers crossed. Yeah, Kevin, thanks very much for what you folks do. It's uh, it's truly uh, amazing work, and I know it must be rewarding for you folks on the other end, but as I said, never a dull moment. Absolutely, and thanks, Lee. I appreciate you having me, and thanks, Kevin. Yeah, take care. Bye, Kevin. Kevin Struband, Executive Director of Lincoln County Humane Society, of course, serves all of Niagara out of that uh, location. Uh, Somebody, somebody got Kevin's attention on the, on the World Cup game. Oh yeah, well here we go. We got uh, Morocco okay. and Spain in the dying moments of a zero-zero draw, and uh, you know they're probably thirty seconds away from going to penalty kicks. All right, that was so. I mean, it was mixed emotions with the Canadian national team and the World Cup. I believe that we all sort of, in our heart of hearts, knew how this was going to go. But hope reigned eternal in the fact that maybe, maybe miracles can actually happen. Well, the miracle didn't happen. Uh, The miracle was the Canadian team actually making it to the World Cup and us being able to buy into it for a little while. And uh, the guys played their hearts out and it was... uh, it was great. One, one of the things that sort of got me, though, Kevin, was uh, the panel uh, one time after the, after the first game. Canada had scored its first ever World Cup goal in men's uh, World Cup competition. And, uh, and one of the commentators said, the greatest moment in Canadian soccer history. And uh, the star of the women's team uh, and a global star was sitting right beside him, and she had kind of a funny look on her face. But soon he correct he got himself going. He he, he sort of dug himself out of that hole afterward. But uh, the the ladies, uh, the the women's team is not to be outdone, uh, or in hockey for that matter. I mean, they are the reigning Olympic gold medalists. So yeah, that's uh, it's it's got to be worth something. You would think, right? <laughs> no, no question. But you know what? It's um, what is it? Recency bias. You know, we're always caught up in the moment. So I don't blame. Moment, sure. I don't blame that announcer. I mean, right now we're focusing on the men's FIFA World Cup, yeah, and when the women's World Cup comes around, we'll uh, we'll once again turn our focus to them. At least of that's how I feel. Me too. Everybody knew what he meant, and. Uh, and that was enough. It was just uh, there were some comments about it, and I uh, thought we would uh, 
would go there. Coming up uh, in about uh, five minutes or so, Brad and Braden are going to be here. Father and son, Brad and Braden Saplowy uh, will be here because the Joymaker truck is on the road again for Christmas 2022. And uh, this time we have an Ontario Volunteer Award winner that's going to join us on the program in the name of Braden. So we'll find out, uh, we'll get an update on uh, everything that's going on with the Joymaker truck and uh, their initiative for Pelham Cares. Kevin, while we're talking uh, winter, do you have do you have your history uh, history uh, up there yet, so I can talk about the the uh, the uh, crushed ice ice crushed bank? Yeah, I'll pull that up. So you're talking about uh, Red right. Bull crashed ice. Yeah, and I apologize to uh, Brad and Brayden. I see him in the green room. We'll, we'll, this story might take a little while longer, so just sit tight. Okay, sorry guys. No, no, no. It's all good. It's all good. Um, so yeah, Red Bull crashed ice came to Niagara Falls, what is now 10 years ago. Thank you, Facebook, for that. Right, Facebook always bringing up these memories, and you go, oh gosh, that but, was 10 years ago. Yeah, but I saw it because your lovely wife uh, posted a picture of you uh, in front of the in front of the site of uh, the the crushed ice thing uh, from 10 years ago. You haven't changed much, by the way. You're still looking okay. No, oh, well, thank you. And yeah, here's yeah. another. The plastic surgery did wonders. Here's another angle of it. Lisa, you could see okay, so this is so explain to me what this was so this here is the top of the skyline well sorry the base of the skyline tower right and you would come down there on skates on skates turn the corner and then head down this chute and that chute is going right down i forget the name of that hill um, murray hill yeah, it's Murray Hill, right by the yeah, new casino. Murray Hill, yeah. And it went right down that hill and twists and turns and, and, and curves and dives and, and, and everything. And it was absolutely a once-in-a-lifetime experience at the time. Now, I what thought, kind of protection did you have? Uh, wearing full hockey gear. Oh, okay. So that's the deal. Full hockey gear. And it's, um, it's almost like a cross between hockey and maybe roller skating. Okay. Inline skating, yeah, I got you. like okay. an extreme sport, because the people that actually excelled at it out of the gate are people that uh, were rollerbladers, people that would go to skate parks and do and do rollerblading. And, now they and call it crushed ice. It's what crashed. was the surface actually? Or crashed ice? It was ice. It was ice. It was ice. ice. Although the the one day when they were doing the first preliminary trials, there was it was pretty sunny day, and parts oh, it of it had gotten soft because it wasn't all artificially frozen. It actually had to be. Uh, below zero to pull this thing off. Okay. Um, and I just want to pull up the video, but it's absolutely, yeah, absolutely nuts. Because you can get killed doing that. I bruised the back of my buttocks, one cheek all the way down to the back of my knee, simply by being launched off the opening jump. And it's something that's foreign for hockey players, right? What We're do you not mean? used. What? So you came so down you this landed big on hill, your ass. Yeah, and then you got launched, and if you didn't clear it, there was a wall. Right? There was a wall. So if you didn't clear it, you were going butt first. So as I took off the jump, my feet went out from under me. So now I'm going ass first <laughs> into an ice wall. Oh, my God. And, uh, and then did you regain your footing after that? Well, no, that was, yeah. And then I kind of climbed up and continued down. That was just my first run. Let me see if I can. How uh, many did you do? Oh, man, maybe three or four. Okay. So glutton for punishment. There was, so I'm just trying to pull it up because I have a hard time finding my channel. Let's okay, because yeah, I, re I remember idea. talking about this when it came to Niagara. I remember talking about this on the radio, I think, and uh, it was uh, it was something brand new, and it was it was damn popular. So here you go. Here's me 
uh, prepping. So there I am. I'm, I'll, I'll say I'm in the staging room, the dressing room, and I'm just getting my GoPro going. Oh, you look so pro. You got the Red Bull thing going on. And, and I still all got, I got all that stuff at home. I made a nice little shadow box with it. Okay. So, I mean, here you go. Okay, so here's the, here's the pre the pre you go. So tell me, tell me this isn't freaky as a hockey player. Well, I'm not a hockey player, but it's freaky to me. Oh, my God. That's what it looks like to me when I see those uh, ski jumpers go down in the Olympics. It's like, I don't want to go down this there. This was not easy. Like, this was no joke, Lee. Wow. This was, people were freaked out. You know, in 10 years, I've never seen this. Uh, so I didn't quite clear that jump. What, did it's, you have a GoPro hard. on or something? Yeah, I had a GoPro on. Oh. So you see, nothing is flat. You got jumps everywhere. Yeah. This here's an angled yeah, surface. And then another jump there. And some of the guys that and are, then you're, that are and really then you're on, a, on an angle. That's a long run, Kevin. Oh, yeah. Uh oh. Uh oh. Yeah, try and do that one. And now this. Oh! Why, why the cones? Uh, that was where there was a soft spot in the ice. Okay. Ah. i got to turn it down here because I think I drop a, an F-bomb. Got, got a little excited, did you? Yeah, so now i got to climb up this, right? I mean, you're halfway down this track. See, oh, is that the wall that you fell on? This is, this is where I fell. No, no, that wasn't the wall I fell on. That was the very first initial jump. Oh, okay. And this was 10 years ago, so if anybody remembers going to it, yeah. I mean, even you get to the edge here and you go, oh my God. Because if you're watching this thing... So uh, here, what I'm doing here is you actually need speed to clear that jump. If you tried to just stand there and jump, forget it. You weren't going to clear it. Wow. Did you get some sort of orientation before you did this? You did a little bit. Like, they kind of brought you through the track, like, there section like by section. There were, like, four moguls in that one oh, yeah. you, So you kind of went through section by section. And there you go. Wow. That, my friend, is Red Bull Crashed Ice. It was extremely I am surprised difficult. they haven't brought it back. I was surprised, too, that they haven't brought it back to, uh, to Niagara just because I thought it was a perfect fit. And for Canada, it's an internationally uh, recognized destination. And it also has the hotel capacity to accommodate all the fans and media to come in. I thought Niagara Falls was a perfect fit. Now, they've been to other places in Canada. I think they went to Calgary and Edmonton and things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, why they never came back to Niagara Falls, and, and I don't know. But it makes it a little more special knowing that, hey, the one time it was here, I did that thing. And it was pretty damn cool. And for those of you that are watching Niagara 411 Live with Lee Sterry here and uh, Kevin Jack, our executive producer, Kevin's a hell of a skater. He's a great, he's a great hockey player, a great pedigree of hockey here in Niagara. So if anybody um, would be capable of nailing that thing, it would be, it would be you. You know, yeah, I mean, because no, no, you're, you're absolutely you're, right. And I'll tell you, you, it was so foreign. It was so foreign. You'd have better luck again if you if you never skated and you were only a rollerblader that went to skate. Parks. And you were just trying to survive. Yeah. Because for hockey players, like you see those jumps, now, could I don't you skate control on. your speed. I guess you could control your speed like if you're skiing down a hill that's or what i was doing but when you see the guys that are really good at it they're, they're not slowing down yeah. they're hitting every jump full speed they know exactly how to maintain balance in the air they know how to land it's it's crazy but now it's completely foreign for hockey players i remember having a debate 
uh, was somebody after that was asking me about it. Wow. And she's like, well, I've played a lot of hockey. And I'm like, well, let me tell you, that was extremely difficult. Oh, I think I could do it. I'm like, apparently you're not listening to what I'm saying. <laughs> As somebody who did it, that was extremely difficult. And if it was difficult for you, I'm not going anywhere near it. Um, okay, let's switch over now uh, uh, because we have these two people waiting patiently to chat with us in the green, uh, the green room. Uh, Brad and Braden uh, Saplui, uh, I hope I'm not screwing up your name too much. Uh, Brad and Braden, did I do okay? That's pretty close. It's Saplui. Saplui. Darn. I thought yeah. I'd, I thought I'd, <laughs> that was thought close, I'd nailed it. Well, uh, <laughs> well, welcome back to the program. We talked to you two uh, lads last year and uh, just thrilled to be able to talk to you again. Uh, Brad's the dad, Braden's the son. Now I got that right, didn't I? Yes. Okay. Braden, how are you? Good, you? I'm I'm great. Now I see that you have your uh, your your Joymaker truck behind you. Uh, Braden, why don't you tell me what we're looking at right now? How many lights do we have? The history behind it, just for people that might not have heard about it. I'll shut up and you tell us what the Joymaker truck is. So, um, three years ago, when COVID first hit, me, my dad is originally from Thunder Bay, and we go up there every Christmas to um, see his, all his family, and we couldn't do that, and we felt bummed out about it, mm -hmm. so we came up with an idea to make other people feel good. If we were feeling... Oh, we froze a bit there. Yeah, we'll get him back. If that happens, he'll come back. Especially yeah. with the seniors' homes in the areas, because we knew a lot of um, the people couldn't see um, some of the seniors in the homes and stuff. So we thought we'd bring joy that way. And then it turned into uh, Braden's hashtag Joymaker Truck Charity. And, and how did you, how do you plan what you do with the truck and how do you collect money? How can we help you? Well, um, we have a, what's it called now? We have a Facebook donate page. We also have, um, okay. uh, it used to be previously Simply K. It's moved over. I can't remember the name, but it's uh, a QR code that's on a lot of our posters. It's on our Facebook page. Um, and um, and then we're just out on the streets. Uh, we, we go down to Niagara Falls, do a route around there, um, which is very exciting. We are in the town of Pelham and Sobeys Plaza. We set up there a lot of nights plus a lot of the Christmas events in the area as well. That's awesome. Now, do you, do, you, do you get a chance to do anything with any of the parades in the area, the Christmas parades or anything like that? Yeah, this Saturday we will be going into the Christmas parade. In Pelham. In Pelham. That's, that's awesome. So, and, and you take cash donations or, uh, or do you take all kinds of do different donations? Yeah, when we're on site, it's, it's strictly cash, but uh, uh, through our QA, QR code that we have with us in the truck, um, people can just scan that. They can pay credit card that way or on our Facebook page. Uh, they can donate through there too. Great idea. Tech, credit card or, technology has really uh, helped our society. I mean, some of it has uh, obviously become a problem, but for the most part, technology like that has really been able to help our communities uh, do things the easy way. And, uh, and kudos to, to you for uh, sort of absorbing that into your, into your process. Now, uh, the, the truck itself, 
uh, is a work of art. <laughs> how many? How show us around? Show us around. How how many lights do we have on that truck now? Have you added any or? Yeah. So last year we had seven thousand lights. This year we have nine thousand lights. Uh, there's two thousand four hundred pieces of black gorilla tape, um, and two uh, uh, three extension cords that run from the plugs inside the truck and. Uh, um, and then go into uh, the power source that's in there. So the Dodge Ram comes with two electrical outlets. And so while you're running, it, it just feeds off the feeds off the recharging of the battery. Then correct. Yeah, it's just it's just like plugging it in your house. It just yeah. While it's uh, running, it's charging it. Um, when we're in different air, like if we're stopped for a couple hours, um, I'll keep the truck running. Um, but uh, if we get to a place like if we were at the Pelham Christmas Market this this past weekend, yeah. um, we had a power source there, so I just run an extension cord, and it just goes into one kind of plug. I got them all going to one. Now, what is the what color is the truck underneath all that gorilla tape? It's um, a very very dark blue. It's a dark bluish purplish truck. So does it? Does it still look okay when you take all that tape off it at the end of the season? So that is the most, uh, that is the question we get for most people in Niagara and everywhere that asks that. Um, so last year, for example, I had about 30 spots that I left a little bit of the residue on. Yeah. Um, I just take a little bit of gasoline or thinner, or not thinner, but uh, gasoline and just rub it off. Um, and then I wash the truck down right away and then I get it polished. The biggest thing is you got to get it polished and waxed before you put it on and then the same thing after you take it off. So um, do, you, do, you have that pro, do you have that professionally detailed afterward? Uh, yeah, just I do a little bit myself and then I'll, I'll take it down to somebody local in, in town and get it done. Wow. Okay. Uh, what a lot of work uh, and dedication to this. Now, the other thing I want to mention is... Uh, Braden, congratulations! You just uh, you just were uh, honored with an Ontario Volunteer Award, as we understand it. Yeah. How, tell us about that. When did that happen? Um, I think it was about a week ago, but I was nominated, I think, last year by Pelham uh, Cares. Right. Well, congrats! Con congrats! Now, what was that? Did did somebody hand this award to you personally? Was it like, how did you get the award? Um, it was an online event, and they just showed um, the. They show all the award recipients yeah. on 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 an online event that it's like through a Zoom video, nice. and then also they'll be given an award and uh, a plaque or a, a certificate through the mail. Well, congratulations! That's. Uh, uh, and, and I know people that do things like this, such as yourself, you don't do things uh, for the awards. It's kind of something that starts from in here. But uh, congratulations uh, anyway, guys. And uh, how long will your truck be running? Just through Christmas or all the way through the holidays? Uh, just until Boxing Day, because then, fortunately, we are going up to Thunder Bay. <laughs> This year you're getting up to Thunder Bay. Awesome. Well, I hope you have a safe trip. Are you going in the Ram? No, we're going to be taking the Big Bird. It's a little bit shorter of a flight, uh, <laughs> or a shorter uh, time to get up there. Oh, you're, uh, you're, you're flying up. Yeah, yeah. All right. All right. Well, well, I don't think they're going to let you decorate the plane, but you guys have a safe trip. 
We will. Can I just, uh, I just wanted to say a couple thank yous yeah, out there. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Um, the town of Pelham, they've been very supportive of us uh, on all their events and letting us park on some of their properties to collect the donations. Accelerating Health, a good friend of mine, um, his business is always a big donator. Daniel and Partners in St. Catharines, just actually around the corner from where you guys are right now, uh, lawyers. Um, Sapphire's Jewelers actually this year have stepped up and they've donated a thousand dollar diamond pendant diamond and gold pendant necklace for us to give away wow. um if you donate over five dollars we'll give you a ballot and you go to the store put the ballot in and you have a chance to win that Terrific. and then uh, a good friend of mine abby from aerial performance media is uh has uh, been taking some footage and he's going to put a, a nice promo video together so once we get that we'll actually send it to you guys so you can have a look at it all right uh, thanks to all those people for supporting this uh, this great cause, and I'm glad you uh, wanted to mention those because it's uh, it's important that we give credit where credit is due here. Yeah. Um, and uh, Brad and Braden, uh, and to your family, uh, I hope you have a great holiday and a merry Christmas, and uh, stay safe out there. I, I, nobody is ever going to be able to miss you coming, so uh, have fun, okay? We just, yeah, and we just want to say, say a special uh, thank you to his mom, because she's the one that cut a lot of the tape for this thing. So, <laughs> God bless mom. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And thank you guys for having us on. This means a lot that you guys had us on again this year. Um, it, it, yeah, it's, it's awesome. So thank you so much. Our pleasure. Wouldn't miss it. Thank you, Brad. Thank you, Braden. Thanks, guys. Congratulations again on uh, a job well done, and uh, enjoy yourselves over the holidays. Thank you. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. Happy New Year to you guys, too. Ah, wonderful, wonderful people you meet uh, this time of year. And I know it's been a year since we talked to them, but uh, it's just just wonderful. Yeah, Lee, I'm going to throw something up here. People are looking to track where they are. Uh, they have a Facebook page dedicated to Brayton's Joymaker truck. Okay. So here it is right here. And, you know, there's the... Uh, there's the pendant necklaces that were donated by Sapphire Jewelers. Beautiful, beautiful. Um, and, of course, you can follow. Brad goes live sometimes where he's at. But uh, there you go. There's the Facebook page. And you can you can follow them to see uh, where they're going to be next because I like to announce where it is that they are going yeah, to be. Yeah, Braden's Joe Maker Truck. Just um, do the search on uh, Facebook, and there you go. Terrific. Um Kevin, we were talking about, uh, this is uh, what we call a smooth segue in the business. We were talking about Christmas uh, Santa Claus parades. And uh, the downtown Grimsby, well, town of Grimsby. Uh, is it a, Grimsby is a city now, isn't it? No, it's still town of Grimsby. Still a town? Um, I lose track because I remember when Fort Erie went from village to town to city and I, I just lost all track of uh, what designations were. So the town of Grimsby, uh, one of, uh, again, one of WeStream's uh, finer moments. We talked about this uh, earlier in, uh, in the show. You guys uh, actually streamed the Santa Claus Parade this past weekend for, uh, for the town of Grimsby. Uh, it looks like, it, looks like a very well-attended event. There's an aerial shot of the downtown core, and that's where that's yeah. pretty much where we were situated. Right. And then uh, here, let's get you down. So there you go. There we are, right there. Yeah. And and the the beautiful thing about what it is that you guys do, we stream. That is, folks. You see here on the on the thing there, the we stream that right there, um, is the fact that it's there forever. 
it's there in, in perpetuity. So if you actually miss the parade, uh, either in person or online, you can just go find it. And how do they do that, Kevin? Uh, in this case, you just go to the town of Grimsby uh, Facebook page or their YouTube channel. So right. we are broadcasting both to Facebook and YouTube. And you're right, Lee. I mean, while we have thousands of people watching live, we've had tens of thousands of people watch afterwards. Absolutely. And it's a great benefit. It's also nice for all the people in the parade. They yeah. can go back and see themselves. No, oh, that's what and the float looks like. Yeah, 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 yeah. We really did a fantastic job here. So here are two uh, announcers. One of the things that I'm proud of is with the technology we use is we make... You know, we make difficult things look very easy. Yeah. I mean, this is a this is just a little company out of St. Catharines broadcasting on the street under a couple tents, you know? But uh, that looks worthy of any parade coverage that it I've does. ever seen. Uh, video and it's audio you know quality, Kevin, is good. Mm, thank you. And then... One of the best parts of the parade. Yeah, here. This is parts that I like. During the Everybody downtime. loves the pipes. And I'd just like to remind everybody that, um, you know, now is a great time among Christmas. I mean, it's winter to... You know, check the fire alarms in your house. Make Absolutely. sure that they're working. Make sure that you and your family have talked about it. Yeah. Yeah. Escape rooms. Absolutely. Hi, everybody. This town and this fire department is really good about uh, And those kids on the street can go back and uh, watch themselves on on, uh, on the screen. Yeah, exactly. So let's see some of the highlights. Um, the Coca-Cola truck is really cool. eight-foot Christmas tree sits outside a cute little house complete with a wreath. Oh, I think this is actually Rob Dolphy that's on the back of it. snow and eat I think that's actually him. Let's take a look at it. Merry Christmas. I'm pretty sure that's him right there. Yeah, I think so. That is nice. It is. Yeah, that's right. And he wouldn't let anybody else share a stage with him, of course, right? No. A lot of work went into these Well, as as realtors go, you can't... This is one of the highlights every year. You can't say he's not a good marketer. From various organizations in Hamilton and Stony Creek. It is currently maintained by Earl Paddock Transportation and Lawrence Marshall's Lucky Bear Service. It is made almost completely of steel and weighs in at over 46,000 pounds. The it Charles Dickens Parade so, float. You know, I didn't, takes my breath away. I didn't get to see them all last year, and this is beautiful. That would be the street so where Scrooge would look. Oh, my gosh. This. Next up, we have another <laughs> band sponsor. We have Ed Sobovic Greenhouses. Kevin, that would be worth the price of admission anywhere you go. It's beautiful. I mean, they don't go to every parade, so kudos to the town of Grimsby. They should, they should park it somewhere and charge admission to see that thing. Holy cow. Yeah, it's something. I mean, that's a parade float. And then, let me see if you I've never seen. I've never seen anything like that. Let's see if we can get to the Burlington Teen Band, because everybody loves them. It was, a, it was a pretty good night, too, wasn't it, Kevin? I mean, the weather was pretty good. I mean, that's impressive. With the help of yeah. over 5,700 It was just fairly mild. It was probably around 2, 3 degrees. And the good, wind good weather for a Santa Claus. It North didn't look that way Saturday morning, if you remember. Those wind gusts were just oh, yeah. through Niagara. And I, I thought about the safety of the people on the floats and the floats yeah, themselves. Yeah, the wind, was, the wind was something. But here you go. I cut away here to a, a broader shot. You can really see it was it was pretty impressive there. That coke that truck. Is, okay, I gotta. I I have to. I I do have to take issue with one thing though. Oh, the sign. Yeah, the city uh, city fathers and mothers of uh, of the town of Grimsby. What's with the sign? This is this is the highlight event of your year with your whole community there. Wonderful floats. 
being streamed for the world, and we got N. Grimsby. What happened to downtown? And of course, you know, we frame the shot Maybe with, just that an accident. A, with that as a focal point. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we're, we're sitting up during the day. So when we're setting up, we can't see if the lights are on or not on. Not until pretty much the parade is about to begin. We go, no. oh, hold on, yeah. it's mm, Grimsby. Well, I'm sure everybody was, uh, I'm, I'm sure everybody was looking more down and across than they were up. So uh, it's a small thing, but it just kind of got my attention. I want to get the, because uh, this Burlington team band. They go all over the world. I believe last year, I saw them in California for the Rose City Parade. Or not the Rose City, sorry, the Rose Parade. This is a heck of a parade for a small community. And these guys are from Burlington. They're probably the most professional outfit. And I mean, I know Grimsby is growing like crazy. It's one of the fastest growing municipalities, uh, well, uh, towns in the municipality uh, in the Niagara region. but. This is a big time parade we got going here. Oh, yeah, these guys are no joke. And of course, they usher in Santa. So, right after Burlington Team Band, comes Santa. Comes Santa. And you put a nice little bow on it. But I mean, yeah, this is no amateur outfit. I mean, the whole parade looked pro, from what I could tell. You know what? It's nice even to throw on at home. So again, it is available now for people to watch. Yeah. So if you want to watch a parade and maybe you didn't get out to one, throw this on the TV at home. And to be to be honest, you'll feel immersed in it. Yeah. But people love watching parades, even on TV. I mean, look at how many people watch the Rose Bowl parade and all that stuff from uh, from the U.S. And these guys are just as good. Um, while you're enjoying that spectacle, uh, I want to thank our sponsors for being a part of not only this community uh, that we're seeing right here, but also uh, our program, Gales Gas Bars uh, Limited, fueling this program and have done so as our title sponsor pretty much from the word go. We always appreciate their support. And, uh, and of course, they serve Grimsby and all over the uh, Niagara area, all 12 municipalities all around the region. Uh, and this is the time that uh, fuel oil becomes uh, important for those people that need to warm themselves through that uh, that uh, technology over the course of the winter. So uh, there's a lot of people out there on behalf of the Gales gas people um, serving the community each and every day as well. So we thank them for supporting us and allowing us to, uh, well, enabling us actually to do this show. Verge Insurance Group, thank you guys very much. Uh, Blake um, and uh, and Mark Shirk, thank you very much for being a part of the show. And there's there's the big guy. They got Santa riding high on this one, Kevin. That's a good idea. I, I, I've seen a lot of parades in my time, and we don't often have Santa flying that high. He's way up there. <laughs> He's way up there. Thank you for having us. I'm Beth Shaw, executive director of the Fort. There we go. So thank you very much, Lee. And Yeah, uh, good job, Kevin. You know what? Let me throw up uh, this here just to kind of put a bookend on this. Um, this is something that always makes me happy. All the comments, and I mentioned it before. You could see there, Lee, and McKenna Shaw. And she says right there in the middle. I'll put it up. So at the grateful you are showing the parade for we seniors. My late husband Jim used to be in it with Gamru. Thank you. And and again, this isn't a technology I'm talking about. Uh, Kevin and uh, and his 
partner Brandon and, and their company WeStream. It's not something that is intended solely for any one uh, demographic. It's not. It's not just for seniors. It's not just for kids. Uh, it is for people that want to get their event or their function out there to the masses without the masses having to come to them. And um, and again, to be able to archive anything and everything that they do. And uh, that's what WeStream does. Uh, actually, it's. Kev, I still think it's kind of one of a one of a kind. There are there are similar kinds of services across the country, but none quite so sophisticated and and as affordable and uh, and, and consistent as, as you guys. So you guys do great work. Yep, that's the exact niche that we fill. You yeah. know, there are there are production companies that can bring your product online and they can do it for tens of thousands of dollars. And, exactly, and we'll, we fill a niche for people that are looking for a very professional broadcast like that on location, but their budget may not run into the tens of thousands of and, dollars. And it's not it's not somebody like your uncle Biff that's standing at the back of a church with a with a with a handheld uh, phone camera trying to get the ceremony down. It's about as far from that as uh, uh, I don't know, ice to water. I don't know. But anyway, it's uh, on. But but thank you very much for that. It's really well, really Lee well and, uh, done. Really enjoy working with the town of Grimsby. Been on board since 2018. So now yeah. the challenge is to the rest of your municipalities: uh, make your not just Santa Claus parades, but make your community events accessible to all, and create an archive of your event by bringing WeStream on board. We we do we truly do provide a good value service. Yes, yes, you do. Um, a couple of um, a couple of Saddish notes. Uh, actually, three over the past week. They say I don't know. I don't know who they are. I don't know where this uh, expression came from. But uh, Kevin, I don't know whether your folks mentioned said this to you and you were growing up. Things happen in threes, always. I don't know where that came from, but this week it certainly uh, bore fruit as a as a saying. Uh, we lost uh, Christine McVie, uh, the, um, one of the lead singers, uh, songwriters, and stalwarts of uh, the incredible uh, band that was in its heyday in the 1970s. Um, been around longer than that, but the 1970s, 1975 through 1978 or 9 or so, uh, they were probably the hottest thing on the planet as far as a band is concerned. Christine McVie passed away this past week at the age of 79 years old. Now, and people expressed incredible surprise and shock. Well, Kevin, it's not too shocking for someone at the age of 79 to pass away. I think where the shock came is, is none of us realized that she was that old. I never thought of Christine McVie as being that old. Uh, so, because um, she always she always looked great, she still performed well, and um, I, I was a huge fan. I saw them perform a couple times, met a couple of them a few times and uh, through my career, and uh, God, an amazing, an amazing career and wrote some uh, some beautiful songs, including that one. Uh, so we we said goodbye to uh, 
the lovely and talented, as they say, Christine McVie of Fleetwood Mac. Also, we lost um, a gentleman that we kind of all grew up with. Bob McGrath passed away. He was one of the original cast members and was on there for a long time of Sesame Street. Sesame Workshop mourns the passing of Bob McGrath, a beloved member of the Sesame Street family. And again, when you don't realize how much time goes by, Mr. McGrath was 90 years old when he passed this week. 90! A founding cast member, he embodied the melodies of Sesame Street like no one else in his performances, brought joy and wonder to generations of children around the world, adults as well, parents as well, I might say, whether teaching them the ABCs, the people in their neighborhood, or the simple joy of feeling music in their hearts. Huh. Uh, and it was just in the last 24 hours that it was announced that uh, television and movie actress, mainly TV, probably best known for her role in Cheers, Kirstie Alley, passed away uh, after a short battle, they say. But no battle with cancer ever seems short. But after a so-called short battle with cancer, Kirstie Alley passed away this week at the age of 71. Um, so, I guess good or bad, Kevin, things happen in threes. And uh, boy, it was a, it was a, quite a trio this week. And uh, Kirstie Alley was a bit of a heartthrob, I would say, in, oh, the, in yeah. the 80s and 90s. Absolutely. She was, uh, she was the it girl for a little while, much to the chagrin of Shelley Long. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, these were names that were being bandied about last night as, as we were sitting around a table and talking about the passing of... Of Kirstie Alley, yeah, Shelley Shelley Long was the was, was the only beauty that was on Cheers for a long time, and then Kirstie shows up as the new bar uh, manager slash owner, and uh oh. <laughs> and it, you know, at first, I think a Cheers audience were taken aback because what are you doing, Shelley? You're leaving. We loved you, and then within mm -hmm. a year or two, I found that um, that Kirstie's ca character had a little more teeth than Shelley Long's. Oh character. yeah, very, yeah, very. Um, more more depth to the character. Well, a different character. Yeah. Hold, hold you, you couldn't take Shelley Long and have anybody else play th that character. It just wouldn't. It just wouldn't work. So you had to do some sort of uh, flip of the coin, and whoever was on the other side. Yeah, and almost synchronous, uh, synchro, whatever. To that, around <laughs> the same timing, um, uh, Woody Harrelson was brought on board. I was going to mention that. So the show and talk about talk about a career. Like, oh my goodness, did he make the most out of that opportunity? And I think that was probably his first regular acting opportunity was uh, when he played, uh, well, Woody on, uh, on Cheers. And he was hilarious in that role. But boy, he's built a, built you a know what? big time career out of that. Ted Danson, too. I mean, my tip of the cap to Ted Danson. A lot of people, you know, once you're, once you're in a sitcom, you, yeah. you kind of just dry up or wilt or you just keep cashing the checks. Uh, but Ted, I mean, he's still um, was it, he's still was it CSI today. that he uh, he's on to another came one back now. in? Yeah, he's he's still a very relevant actor. Yeah, so good for you, Ted. Yeah, well, quality quality begets uh, quality, much like this program, Kevin. Uh, each week we try to outdo ourselves, and each week we do. <laughs> <laughs>
we do try. Oh yeah, <laughs> we, we do. We do try. We make we make sure that good enough is our bar of excellence. <laughs> where do you want to go? That's here, a private Lee? joke. Um, where I want to go here, I just want to touch uh, quickly on something a little bit more serious. Uh, Bill Twenty Three has been a big, big uh, conversation issue uh, for oh the last number of months now, and Bill 23 is that piece of legislation passed in the Ontario legislature which enables the development of green space areas in Ontario for houses. It's part of that build 1.5 million homes in Ontario, the initiative from the Ontario government, and you know, I, I've never been one that you would just sort of uh, point at and say, oh, he's, he's a dyed-in-the-wool uh, tree hugger. Um, yes, I like trees. Yes, I like the environment. Uh, I also understand the need for development. I also understand the need for housing and, and all of those other things. So I try to balance my personal opinion against the facts that are out there. But in this case, there's a big but here. In this case... I can't help thinking of Joni Mitchell and that song where she said they paved paradise and put up a parking lot. And that seems to me what Bill 23 is. There's been a lot of protests about this, and, uh, but I just can't get that line out of my head. They paved paradise and put up a parking lot. So and I just can't, I, I can't shake it. Andrea Horvath here, interesting perspective, because, of course, you know, she still bleeds orange. Yeah, and but, she's, but she's now the mayor of Hamilton, right? Right, so she's kind of seeing these from... Anyway, she put out a post here, Lee, and, I mean, for people that aren't familiar with Bill 23, I'm not weighing in one way or another. No, here it is. But I think her perspective is interesting and talks about a lot of the facts. Yeah. Uh, on Monday, Bill 23 became law, which will have a major impact on Hamilton. And, of course, as I mentioned, she is the mayor of Hamilton, so she's going to speak to that. Uh, that municipality. 14 to 25 million a year. And that's what it will cost the city, she says. That means current taxpayers will be on the hook to fund uh, future development instead of it being funded through developers' fees. Province seems to disregard how crucial development fees are to city funding. Development fees fund city growth by paying for essential total projects such as roads, transit, and community concerns, etc., etc. I want to I, I want to flip to something that I had here, just just so that you get a feel for what Bill 23 um, actually is. And I, I'm, I please, Lee, find this. Uh, yeah, okay. So, excuse me for looking away uh, from you for a minute, but the numerous legislative changes in the bill include Bullet point one, reworking Ontario's wetland evaluation system, which will significantly weaken the process by potentially eliminating concept of a wetland complex and erasing large portions of the process that places weight on the interconnectedness of wetlands and surrounding habitats. Okay, so that's what's Kevin, what Kevin has up there right now. Permits would not be required, because so what's Bill 23? Well, this is what it is. Permits would not be required within lands regulated by conservation authorities, including wetlands for developments approved under the Planning Act. And of course, we have our conservation here, the Niagara Peninsula Conservation Authority. It includes Hamilton and the Niagara region, et cetera, et cetera. So this impacts Niagara directly. 
Conservation. Now, just, to, just to balance that, Lee, the last okay. part there is important. Four developments approved under the Planning Act. So they okay. still would have to be approved. It doesn't mean that this is a green light that everybody can now build on wetlands without the Conservation Authority stepping in. It that says, well, no, if the, if the planners say that you can do it, then the Conservation Authorities have no authority. That is true, but it opens up an option. Oh, it does. And, and our, current, our, our current government, and again, I'm not a dyed-in-the-wool liberal. Uh, I'm not a dyed-in-the-wool NDP or conservative or anything. I'm just looking at the facts. I know, but planning, acts, current, our, planning acts are at the municipal level. Uh, true, but our current provincial government, one of the planks that they had in their platform was protecting wetlands and green space in the province of Ontario. Say no more. Conservation authorities will lose the power to regulate or refuse permits based on pollution or conservation of land. Okay, so there's a power taken away. There, there's one taken away from the municipality. Uh, the potential opening of large swaths of protected land for development as the bill will remove regulations that prevent land managed by conservation authorities from being sold off for development. All right, so once again, it removes a loophole for protection of certain areas that are governed by conservation authorities, of which we have one, of course, one of the biggest in the province. The removal, Bill 23 means the removal of planning authority from the region of York, Peel, Durham, Halton, Niagara, Waterloo, and the county of Simcoe. The changes will remove upper-tier municipalities from the approval process for lower-tier official plans and plans for subdivisions. This will pass approval authority for lower-tier plans to the Minister of Municipal Affairs and Housing. The Minister's decisions are not, are not subject to appeal. And finally, public meetings will no longer be required for approval of a draft plan for subdivisions, leaving community members in the dark on development applications that are proposed in their city or town. Now, that sounds like a bit of a biased description of Bill 23. I understand that with some of the, some of the linguistics that are included there, uh, but that is what the naysayers that are so upset about this, that's the position of what will be included and uh, not included any longer in, in the administration of wetlands and environmentally protected areas in the province of Ontario and of course in which uh, Niagara is a, plays a huge, huge role in that. So um, we have not heard the last of this one. Kev, not by, not by a long darn shot. Um, I just wish, Lee, that this was on the radar. I mean, didn't we just recently have a provincial election? Oh, well, we did recently have. I don't, uh, I mean, this is, this again. is transformative legislation, and I don't remember it coming up. You would think that if it was on the horizon, you there might want to say, by the way, uh, <laughs> if you elect us, this is what we're going no, no, to no. do. No, 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 it was exactly the opposite. Well, you're right. It was if you elect us, these areas will be protected. That's the problem. If there if there had been a statement like that saying, "Hey, we're gonna we're going to open up our province for development, and we'll re be re-examining these issues, including 
wetlands and environmentally uh, protected areas and green space. That's a whole different thing. That's throwing your cards on the table and saying, okay, here's, here's something we're gonna consider, vote or don't vote. Um, but that's not what happened. So check this out. I mean, Mike Schreiner, that's not I think what he's what, Green Party or whatever. So it's a political bend. Uh, but this is what I think a lot of us are, are thinking and dealing with. And he says, here you go. Well, you can read it, Lee. Yeah, from Mike, uh, in case they need reminding, I've compiled a list of all the times Doug Ford and his housing minister, Steve Clark, said they wouldn't touch the green belt. So. But I mean, here you see, May 2018, unequivocally, yeah. we won't touch the green belt. 2018, yeah. 2018, 2018. We will reject any request from your municipal government to put the green belt at risk. See, this is this is why I mean, politics, this is why politics, as they say, make strange bedfellows. Because uh, if you're going to say something, make sure that what you're saying is what you're really believing. And then whether you agree with it or not, there's no, I guess there's no harm in going back on something and say, you know what, uh, we made a mistake. I shouldn't have said this or something like backpedal uh, somehow, throw your, uh, like fall on your sword and say, you know what, um, we did say this and maybe we, sh maybe we should, maybe we were too hasty or something, something to try to mitigate the damage because this was a blatant uh, bait and switch. This was a uh, vote for me because of this and now we're gonna do that. Okay, now, yeah, that's not the only issue that was up for grabs during the election. We all know this, but it is one of uh, one of the big ones, especially for the Niagara region. And uh, now that government was was not elected here, but that's that's neither here nor there. The fact is, we have an issue uh, in many, many, many populated areas uh, of, of of our province. Now. Part and parcel of that too, the addendum I uh, mentioned to this, Kevin, one and a half, the target is one and a half million houses will be built. That's the goal of opening up these areas to development. Um, we have a lot of, we have a lot of open space that's not, ex that's not designated protected green space in the province of Ontario. If you want to drive around the province of Ontario and not that far from habit ha uh, habited areas like northern Toronto and up through the Collingwood and Georgian Bay and Simcoe areas, and there, there's a lot of open space. There is a lot of privately owned land that could be purchased by developers from uh, current farmers or, uh, or land uh, operators where we can build houses as opposed to in the urban areas that have protected uh, acreage. I, there, there are just way too many questions here for me uh, and I know we don't, we don't often get into heavy stuff on this program but it's one of those things that I think we really, really, really um, have to have to think deeply about and um, I can't I can't go on anymore because I mean I've said it so that's I think it's just more the process as well like be transparent if if you've kind of changed your tune a yeah. little bit on on your opinions and yeah. where you stand on like the wave, belt, wave the know. white flag and say I, hey we screwed up here I, I don't think that saying that when the green belt came in how many ever years ago that maybe it was done incorrectly means that you're 
anti-conservation. I would listen to that argument and say, hey, you know what? We've readdressed it now. Yeah. We've looked at a different lens, and maybe some things have to change about it. Oh, okay, maybe, maybe yeah. you're right. We have a housing crisis. We have a homeless crisis. We have an economic, I uh, wouldn't call it a crisis, but we're in economically challenging times when it comes to people having uh, roofs over their heads. So one can understand, okay, let's take, let's take a 30,000 foot view of this and step back and, and look at where we are. And as you say, go about it in a transparent way, but it just doesn't, it just doesn't seem that that transparency was included in the bill. Um, something that got some comments on uh, uh, around, I think it was up on Niagara 411 as well, a couple of things that kind of fall into the same uh, category. And again, we fall into that uh, challenge of two Caucasian males talking about things that are um, um, racially based in the in the story so, so I, I admit that but a couple of headlines kind of got got my attention uh, one of them was the segregated study hall at an Ontario University well guess which Ontario University that is it's Brock University in St. Catharines Brock University in St. Catharines, Ontario has brought back segregation by setting up study meetings for racialized students only. We know BIPOC students. Now BIPOC stands for Black Indigenous People of Color. Correct, Kevin? I believe that's what it stands for? Yes, it does. We know BIPOC students are historically underrepresented in academic spaces in general and had less opportunities in terms of getting to university, said Brock Curriculum Development Specialist Ashley Grover. Uh, feeling welcomed and supported academically in the study hall and throughout the university is just one of the ways we're trying to address that. And I understand, and, and that's a totally, totally valid argument. But I don't know what I'm missing, but it seems like it's the opposite of what should be happening. Shouldn't integration and sharing of space and knowledge and culture be the way to go? I don't, I don't, I don't understand how that's supposed to accomplish that goal. I don't. Yep, Lee, I mean, I, I was, you know, I was doing talk radio as you were for, you know, 20 years and I think 20 years ago, I was, I was saying exactly this. If um, And, you know, whatever group it is, and trust me, we're not there, and I'm a, I'm a white guy, so I get I know, we're, we, we, ha we um, shouldn't have a say. But if, if the goal is to treat everybody equally, at some point, we have to start pointing out how different we are. You have to stop why, your head why, why introduce segregation? We should be doing the opposite. I know, but th the opposite is what, what we were doing, Lee, and we're trying to get beyond that. So maybe we're not there yet. But you do make a point that's saying, well, hold on a second here. It's, it's not that hard to figure out that uh, well, maybe, yeah. that what they're talking about there is, uh, is blatant segregation. But I don't think it's the same thing. It's not rooted in society, but boy. Yeah, uh, the BIPOC. Now, the, where I said BIPOC, it wasn't to do with actually Brock, but it was related. Um, is the market that was held in downtown St. Catharines as well, which is the black indigenous people of color. 
uh, that's where the they called it the BIPOC market. So I, I didn't I didn't want to confuse the two issues. Brock has the segregated uh, to use a word I hate uh, segregated study hall. The BIPOC market is kind of in the same conversation, and um, I still am not quite sure. I understand uh, that it's great to be able to um, shop and browse the products of all of these various cultures if you're going to buy uh, food or items or presents or whatever for, for holiday reasons. and It's wonderful. Again, though, why is it specialized? Uh, may, maybe I am uh, generationally uh, out of touch. <laughs> maybe I am, and I'll and I'll I'll buy that if uh, if no, I am. You know what? If I, if I am generationally uh, out of touch. I'll, I'll take that what, label. What you're saying is not crazy. I mean, just paint yourself the scenario where I'm a Brock student and I want to go use that study hall and somebody says, you can't be in here right now. And I say, why? And they say, because of the color of your skin. Exactly. And this is a step forward. So I don't know. Yeah. I'm not uh, saying and, I have all the answers, but I, I don't think this is one. And I pay tuition. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, just some things that uh, crossed our radar screen this week that are, um, are complex issues. There's no... There's no pat answer or solution to them, but just every now and then, Kevin, there are things, as they say, that kind of make you want to go, huh? And I don't know what the answer to, huh, is for some of these things. Kevin Jack, always a pleasure working with you. It's been a couple of weeks. I missed you like crazy. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I guess it's a bromance or something. I don't know what it is. Uh, but uh, anyway, uh, pleasure to have you here. And uh, WeStream represented uh, well by just the technology that you've been watching here today. Um, also, Gail's Gas Bars, thank you for fueling this program as our title sponsor. We love you. Verge Insurance Group, also a stalwart supporter of the program. We thank you so very much. Um, Nick at Niagara 411 appreciates uh, what you and your contributors uh, do in getting the word out there along with us. And uh, to Georgia Culp and uh, Carolina, that amazing uh, Border Collie dog that helped find the mystery poodle, <laughs> if you will, uh, this past week. Thanks for joining us on the program and, and doing what you did stepping up and speaking and uh, Kevin Strewband uh, to give us some uh, some background information on how these things operate appreciate you uh, being here from the Humane Society uh, Brad and Braden uh, uh and uh, and the Joymaker truck awesome initiative and uh, my name is Lee Sterry this has been episode 45 of Niagara 411 live with Lee Sterry Kevin have yourself a wonderful week what's left of it uh, super weekend. Uh, we're 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 closing in on uh, on Christmas. Your kids must be getting crazy. They are, and the uh, the elf on the shelf is he's a mischievous little guy. He shows oh. up in a new place every day. And Lee, before we go, uh, I do have to wish my dad all the best. Yes, uh, Dad, we're all there for you, buddy, and uh, you're going to be just fine. Okay. Had but, a uh, big shout out to uh, my dad who's in room 350 of the uh, Belleville General Hospital right now. Anyway. Yeah. Had a health had a health incident. Uh, over the last couple of weeks, and uh, Mr. Jack, um, Godspeed, and uh, come out soon. 
Uh, and things are going well, by the way. Uh, so good, good on you. Best to your family, Kevin. Um, coming up to play us off the stage, as we often do every week, as a matter of fact, uh, have uh, a Niagara-connected uh, musical act to uh, play us away from the camera. This week, it's the band James Blonde, Niagara-based. And uh, we're going to hear a new piece from them just released about three weeks ago called Back to Life. Thanks for being here, everybody. Enjoy. Cheers. Cheers.